1: What do the Washington Commanders and Vladimir Zelensky have in common? They both took a big L this week. <laughs> big ol' L, losers. What's up? This is Marque. Saves the Republic. And I'm not talking. Look, I'm not- I'm a big football. I like uh, I like the Washington Commanders. I like them when they were the Redskins better. Um, but I like them now that they're the. I lived in Washington D.C. for a very very long time, and uh, and I enjoyed I enjoyed you know the old team. The new team, you know, they need some work. But uh, th- this look, this is not a sports talk podcast. This is Mark K saves the Republic. And I'm so glad you're here because if you're here, you probably want to save the Republic too, which is great because it's going to take a lot of us. It's going to take a lot of us every single day trying to do whatever we can do to save the Republic. And we're going to talk about Vladimir Zelensky and how good it was that he actually lost yesterday. He, wa- he came to Washington DC with his hand out and he left with his hand in his empty pocket. Well, okay, except for the couple million dollars that Joe, Joe slid you know in. Like, you know how like when you go to visit your parents or whatever, when you're a kid, and, you know, maybe you like say, hey, dad, I really want to get a new car. Or, hey, dad, I'm going to need a hat. And they're like, look, kid, you got to get a job and you got to do what you need to do. I I got to cut you loose. You need to learn these lessons in life on your own. And the kid leaves dejected. But the dad's like, hey, listen, before you go here, look, here's here's 20 bucks. OK, use this on gas or take your girlfriend out or whatever. That's exactly what happened with Vladimir Zelensky yesterday. He came looking for billions and billions of dollars to continue his unabated, uh, his His disjointed to continue his totally unaccounted for uh, and very expensive campaign against Russia. Um, And the uh, the House of Representatives said no, but Joe Biden on the way out was like, look, kid, here, here's a couple, here's a, here's a, look, all I can give you is like a hundred mil out of my own private stash. Take this hundred mil, go do what you want with it. um, And we'll work on getting you the rest of it. And we'll get to that here in just a minute. Also big day on Capitol Hill because Hunter Biden is going to testify supposedly behind a closed-door deposition and this is the day we believe that Joe Biden that the formal in, in, uh, impeachment inquiry will be voted on. Now, it's going to be voted on whether or not it passes whole other question. That's a whole other ball game. And if we, you know, if there's anything I've learned about House Republicans, it's that no matter how big their majority or how slim their majority no matter how big the opportunity or how small the opportunity whenever we want them to do something whenever the voting public that put them in office in the first place whenever the, us the voters the conservatives in America who said look go and fight for the constitution go and fight for small government go and fight for us go and fight for the people go, here's the power go and use it whenever they whenever they have the opportunity they just let us down tremendously so hopefully that won't happen today but again You know, the House Republicans, you know, you know, we'll start, we'll start, we'll talk, we'll start with them. Uh, Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House of Representatives, this guy, again, it's a roller coaster of emotion with Mike Johnson. He starts really strong and then he does something that we're not really excited about. Then he comes back up and he releases the January 6th tapes and then all of a sudden we're like, well, what are we doing with Ukraine? And then all of a sudden he comes back out yesterday and he said this after his meeting
0: with Zelensky. Just had a good meeting with President Zelensky. I reiterated to him that we stand with him and against Putin's brutal invasion. Uh, The American people stand for freedom, and they're on the right side of this fight. I have asked the White House since the day that I was handed the gavel as Speaker for clarity. We need a clear articulation of the strategy to allow Ukraine to win. And thus far, their responses have been insufficient. They have not provided us the clarity and the detail that we have requested over and over since literally 24 hours after I was handed the gavel as Speaker of the House.
1: Okay, so that's it. So Mike Johnson comes in and goes, look, we need some clarity. We need some clarity. We need to know if we're going to give you hundreds of billions of dollars, where's it going? Where does it end up? If we're going to give you more money for Ukraine... Where's the money going? Is it just going to fancy cars and Spanish villas? Is it going into the pockets of these military leaders who we later find out are corrupt and then they get fired? Or is it going to the people on the ground? Are we paying teachers salaries and EMT salaries? Because we have a lot of teachers and EMTs here that would like their salaries paid for by the government, but that's not happening. What is, we need a full accounting. We need oversight. We need oversight of all of this money that's going to Ukraine because let's be honest, We don't even know if any of this money in Ukraine is ending up back in the pockets of Joe Biden or other prominent Democrats. How much of this money ends up back in the pockets of Democrats who have who have gone and lobbied for the uh, the industrial military industrial complex? I mean, look, every time we pass a a 60 billion dollar bill or send 20 billion dollars to Ukraine, it's not really going to Ukraine. It's going to every single government contractor who produces weapons, artillery, armory, missiles, planes, jets, uh, automobile, all these things. There's a ton of military contractors out there, clothing and uniforms and MREs and everything you would possibly need to win a war. And, and that's where the money goes. So if you're representing a company that in your district who is a military supplier, you might you might vote for these massive spending increases. And I think that's why we see a lot of these questionable conservatives voting for massive military spending increases because it's a lot of money coming back to their districts, which means a lot of money going back to their campaigns. Also, we've seen the corruption with Sam bankman Freed and FTX, uh, what, uh, you know, uh, what was it, Ukraine invested, all this money we sent to Ukraine, Ukraine invested in FTX, and then FTX invested in the Democrat Party and financed, mil- they were the number one contributor to Democrat campaigns in the last election cycle. So in a way, your tax dollars went to Joe Biden's uh, administration who sent it to Zelensky. Zelensky put it in FTX and FTX put it into the Democrat party. So your tax dollars funded the Democrat party in 2020, uh, in the 2020 election cycle. And then you wonder where the red wave went. The red wave didn't materialize because all American taxpayers were actually funding the campaigns for candidates that half of American taxpayers didn't want running for office or winning election. That's why Mike Johnson says, we need to know where this money's going because that's how, that's how
0: business works, folks. so what the Biden administration seems to be asking for is billions of additional dollars with no appropriate oversight, no clear strategy to win, and, and none of the answers that I think the American people are owed. If you're, if you're thinking about that, I mean,
1: this is Joe Biden's repartee. This is how he always works. Joe Biden just takes money, He weaponizes it and he figures a way to skim some off the top. I'm not going to play you the clip again that we've all heard over and over again about how he explained how he uh, bribed the head of Burisma or the um, head of Ukraine, the president of Ukraine to cancel the or to fire the prosecutor who was investigating Burisma when his son worked there. That was that was something that we don't need to get into again. But if you think about it and if you understand it, I mean. That's exactly why he doesn't want an accounting of the money. Whenever you have somebody looking at where the money's going, they're looking at where the money's going. That's in fact what James Comer's doing right now in the the Oversight Committee. That's what Jim Jordan is doing in the judiciary. This whole vote that's happening today over Biden impeachment, it all boils down to government spending in Ukraine and other foreign places That was unabated, unchecked, unaccounted for. And think about how much Joe Biden and I'm sure a bunch of other Democrats made because the money was unaccounted for. If you know where the money's going, then you know where the money's going. And that is not profitable for Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, James Biden, Sarah Biden, Hallie Biden, Jill Biden, everyone else named Biden. uh, Because if they know where the money's going, it's not going to go into their bank accounts. But there's something else Speaker Johnson
0: said too. I have also made very clear from day one that our first condition on any national security supplemental spending package is about our own national security first the border is an absolute catastrophe. And this is because of the policies of this White House and this administration.
1: Okay, so this makes perfect sense to everybody except for this White House and this administration. This makes sense to everybody except, of course, for Democrats who want uh, the immigration to run rampant so they can pass amnesty and garner a whole bunch of new voters and continue in power for, you know, ever, basically. Um, But the fact of the matter is that it's it's a common sense approach to national security and it's kind of a gambit that Mike Johnson's playing. He's kind of he's kind of checkmating Joe Biden in the White House because they are heralding all this Ukraine money, all this Zelensky money. You know what they're, they're putting it under the they're putting it under the umbrella of national security. National security, we in order to secure ourselves, in order to protect our homeland and our country and our sovereignty we need to keep Putin at bay. So the best thing we can do for our national security is send money and weapons and soldiers and assets thousands and thousands of miles across the sea to a country on the border of Russia, spend money there because if that country falls, Vladimir Putin's coming for us next. That's not how you, that's not national security. National security begins at home by securing your border. And once your nation is secure, then you can go out and stop other, stop other enemies and bad actors and, and no good nicks from, you know, going in through Western Europe and eventually ending up in the United States of America. But it's a, flawed, it's a flawed argument that Mike Johnson is pointing out. Think of it this way. If you have a security system in your home, for example, I have SafeTouch Security. Great company. This is not an endorsement. They do not pay me for this. I actually pay them for security. But uh, SafeTouch is a great company. When I called SafeTouch and said, hey, I need some home security... The first thing they did was come to my house and make sure all the door locks worked and make sure that there were sensors and make sure that there was an alarm and they have a two-way communicator and they installed cameras. And so I've got this whole security system around the perimeter. And I know that when my doors are locked and the security system's on, nobody's getting in. And if they do get in, A, I'm going to know about it because the alarm's going to go off and hopefully chase them away. And B, I'm going to have video evidence of it and C, somebody's going to be on the speaker in my house going, do you need help? And I'm going to be like, yeah, send the cops ASAP. My home, my, my domain is secure. My border, my perimeter is secure. Think about this. What if I called SafeTouch or one of these other companies and said, hey, I need some security at my house. And they said, great. The first thing we're going to do is travel 25 miles across town to the bad part because there's a guy there who gets broken into all his neighbors and the people in his neighborhood. So we're going to go. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to secure his house and we're gonna bill you for that. And once his house is secured and you've paid for it, and you're gonna, by the way, continue paying for it every month because it's a monthly fee, uh, then we'll come maybe and look at your house, but probably not. Then we'll, you know what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to this other guy's house in Israel, and then we're gonna go to this other guy's house in Taiwan. And once those are secured and you're paying for all three of those guys every month, maybe, just maybe, we'll come and secure your house. And if your house gets broken into in the meantime, If, you know, if people are coming in every day across the border, if they're walking into your house and there's no alarms going off and the police aren't showing up and, you know, don't, I mean, nothing we can do about that. It's more important in the long run for us to make sure that those other dudes, that their houses are secured and that you're paying for it. That's the same exact concept. that's That's the same exact concept of what's happening here in the United States of America with Joe Biden. And Americans are not stupid. We're not falling for it anymore and Mike Johnson isn't falling for it either. That's why he's saying national security begins with the border. And no national security bills, whether it's to fund Ukraine, whether it's to fund Israel, whether it's to fund Taiwan, none of these bills are going to pass. They're not going to see the light of day. We're not going to give you another dime until national security and our own border policy is in place. Now that sounds great. Sounds good. Sounds like a sounds like a plan if only the Republicans could stick with it. And the problem we have with Republicans is they don't ever seem to be able to stick with the plans that the American people, especially their constituents and voters want. They never seem to, they always seem to crumble and kowtow to somebody else, whether it's a special interest group, whether it's a donor, whether it's their own ego, whether it's their own exit plan. I mean, look, we've got already because George Santos is gone and because Kevin McCarthy's basically a, a lame duck and because, you know, Ken Buck is an idiot because of all these people who have already decided they're leaving and they don't care what happens. They don't care what happens on the way out the door. They don't care what happens to Speaker Johnson. Hell, Kevin McCarthy, he may be—he may pretend that he's a buddy. He may pretend, oh, I voted for Speaker Johnson. He has my full support. But think about this. He doesn't, would you really want the guy that came in and took your job without you? I mean, without, you didn't, you were on the job for nine months. You got thrown out on your booty. I was loud. You got thrown out on your booty. All of a sudden this guy comes in. Do you really want him to succeed and win? in a way that you were never able to win? No. So you're probably going gonna to do whatever you want. You're going to do whatever is best for you. Leave, uh, Reduce the um, majority or, or the, uh, yeah, the slim majority that you already have. And again, you're not going to care. It's another reason why it's great that Kevin McCarthy was thrown up because, well, obviously he never had the best interests of the con- country or the party in mind. Uh, so it's, it's imperative that Republicans not fold. And lately we've seen Republicans folding on a lot of things the continuing resolution the the speaker vote i mean we've seen infighting like we've never seen before and now because of these two big issues the border ukraine spending israel spending because of the biden impeachment it's imperative that the republicans not act like the republicans were used to and act like the republicans that we want them to be come on guys realize your full potential and girls Come on, guys, realize your fault. Think, listen to what you said when you got elected. Listen to the promises you made to us when we put you in office and use those as your guiding principles, not what's going to happen in the next election. Because I'll tell you this, you can be, if you're worried about the next election, you're probably going to lose. The best way to win the next election is to do what you said you were going to do in the last election. If you got hired for a job and they said, we need you to do all of these things, do all of those things. And you know what? They're going to they're gonna keep paying you. They're going to keep you in place. If I hired somebody for a job, and I've hired lots of people for jobs, and I said, hey, I need you to do this, and they did that, guess what? I love that person, and I want them to be around forever. If I hired them and said, do these things, and they were like, you know what? I'm going to do these other things and ignore this. See ya. Wouldn't want to be. I don't need you around. I'm going to go and find somebody who's going to do the job that I want them to do. The same is true of Congress and any elected official. So instead of worrying about the money for your next election, instead of worrying about getting moderate votes, instead of being scared that you live in a blue district where Joe Biden carried the, uh, the vote in 2020 or where you feel like moderates and independents could, could boot you out of office if you seem too MAGA or extreme, don't worry about that. Go back and listen to what you said. Listen to your ads. Read your mailers. Read your emails. Remember what you promised the people you were going to do when you got elected the first time. Continue to do that. And the next election, piece of cake. You won't even need to campaign because your record will have told the entire story. Hey, speaking of telling stories, do not forget that the untold story of Christmas is being told nationwide right now by parents and by grandparents and by people and kids are reading it themselves. I just posted on Instagram. Uh, by the way, you can get this at the but I just posted on Instagram because we've had so much, uh, it's, it's been so Christmassy around this place. We had not only the, um, uh, the case kids who've been coming in, we've been giving them a copy of the untold story of Christmas, each and every one of them. And it's amazing to me how, you know, these are kids that have been suffering. They've been, they've been going through treatments. They've got cancer and other illnesses that are, that are debilitating and life-threatening. And we give them these dream gifts like computers and drones and Barbie Jeeps and dream houses. And then I just say, oh, by the way, here's a copy of my book. And they're just, they're equally as excited. A couple of them have dropped their gifts and just started reading right here in the studio. And I thought to myself, wow, books are still uh, kind of cool. And especially this one, I believe, has a great mes- message of Christian morality and it's inspiring and it's perfect for the Christmas season. So if you have not yet gotten your copy, please do. We did book readings at a church the other day. Matt Gates interviewed me on my podcast. We've just been everywhere for it, uh, with it. But really still the most exciting things um, that I get out of it are the messages and the DMs and the emails from people that say, I got your book. It's a beautiful book. I read it. I love it. It's part of our new Christmas tradition in our house. That really makes me feel good. The Untold Story of Christmas.com. Now, fun fact, if you order today, you will get it well before Christmas. But the clock is ticking, so please don't wait too long. The Untold Story of Christmas.com. And we will be reading that um on the air next Friday, the 22nd. That is that is our, uh, oh, this is great. <laughs> this is great. Uh, hold on. This is great. I just got a text message. My kid's school, right before the podcast started, went on lockdown because there was a report of gunfire in the area. So we got a mess. We got it. First, we get a phone call. Then we get an email. Kid, you know, school's on lockdown. Kids are safe. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, I just got a text message. It was not gunfire. It was a nail gun used on a roof. Apparently the house across the street is being re-roofed and they thought it was gunfire, but it was a nail gun. I'm telling you, those nail guns, they sound scary. <laughs> All's well that ends well. Listen, the untold story of Christmas.com is where you get your book. Listen to the Marque show later today because we're going to be following along with everything. We're going to be following along with what the Republicans are doing about Ukraine, what they're doing about Biden, Hunter Biden's deposition today. So much news to get to so little time, noon, Eastern, 11 central, wherever you find the Mark show. And don't forget to listen to this podcast every single day. If you're watching on Locals, continue to watch on Locals every single day. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you tell iTunes, I like this podcast. I want this podcast. Send me this podcast every single day. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure that you like and subscribe so we can get you the information. Because there's a lot of stuff that's going on out there. There's a lot of people who are working against you. Very few people who are working for you. Uh, We want to make sure you can tell the difference um, so that we can all work together with the right people to defeat the wrong people and save the republic.